Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, where I help empower families to thrive after having a baby. My goal is to educate on real food, physical health, and becoming our best selves. I'm Michelle Taggy. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and have a master's in data analytics. I'm the co-creator of Real Food for Real Moms, a nutrition education platform for postpartum mamas and for feeding our babies. I am a mom to three-year-old Connor and 10-month-old Ashlyn, and I am so excited to have Megan Garcia on the podcast today. Megan has a master's in traditional oriental medicine, a practice over 1,800 years old and still relevant today. She applies the holistic framework of TCM to baby health and uses it as a way to work with the cycles of the body. Currently, her thing is supporting baby with the right nutrition while centering gut and immune development. You can find out more at MeganGarcia.com. And we had a longer conversation, but today's episode is going to be about consuming your placenta after having a baby. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to sit and chat. I wanted to talk about placenta consumption because um, that was something I know during pregnancy, the general advice now is to kind of limit liver a little bit, but I always tell moms after having a baby, like you can add that back in, like getting the vitamins. And so what you're saying makes a lot of sense, like making sure you're getting vitamin A, wow. but The placenta is another organ that sometimes people are interested in consuming. And I can just give you the quick background with my first, I did the pills and I didn't like it. And I'm pretty sure I read something that you wrote about this. Um, And with my second, I didn't want to do that again because I'm like, I think it's weird taking all these hormones so far into the postpartum period. And it was my acupuncturist that, talked me into consuming it. And I ended up just doing it raw after my birth. (laughs) And I did actually think that that gave a really good boost. It was like, I cut it into pieces and froze it and had a little bit in a smoothie every morning. But I'm, I'm very curious on your thoughts on this because I'm asked a lot, but I don't feel like I have a super solid opinion. Yeah. Um, so I do, I have a super old blog post that I wrote about this and um, placenta consumption is really interesting. Um, it is not for everyone. Um, and, you know, placenta is an herb in Chinese medicine, but it is not custom. It's not, it's not some in, in Chinese medicine or even like ancient Chinese culture, it wasn't a thing to like consume your own placenta after birth. Um, And so um, somebody that wrote a fabulous article on this, um, her name is Sabina Wilms, and she's a classical Chinese medicine scholar. So she's not a practitioner or an acupuncturist. She's just a scholar. And she knows, um, you know, she, she spends her days translating the work of some medicine people who are doing who were writing the work that we use today in um, our educational system here in America, when we study Chinese medicine, there's a few like key books. And so um, these books were written around, you know, 
2000 years ago, 1800 years ago. Um, and then others were, were written like around, I think the 1300s and 1600s. So, I mean, these are really old, old texts. And so she spends her time translating these. And it's kind of a, an interesting occupation because what she does is she comes across like the original purposes and intention for specific herbs. And so her thing is that placenta was never, ever consumed. It was actually buried um, or it was disposed of in a kind of a magical way. Um, you know, in Chinese medicine, it's funny because there's so many, there's so much research on both Chinese herbal medicine and acupuncture, and that's because it's really good. There's just a ton of science on it. At the same time, the roots of Chinese medicine are very, they're based in like quote unquote magic. You know, they are, um, it's very, there's a lot of ritual. Um, I mean, we're talking about chi and energy, like what the heck is, you know, chi and energy. It's something that's completely non-tangible. Anyway, so, you know, these properties of placenta, these are based on these ideas of chi and yin and yang and blood. And this is all something that was discerned before we had any ability to do any kind of testing whatsoever. This was all discerned by merely like tasting, you know, the quote unquote herb, you know, whether it was a shell or a plant or placenta and observing the effects or from some other like kind of deeper, more esoteric way to determine the, the impact of these herbs. And so um, traditionally placenta is said to tonify, to be a, a very great tonic. It's used when the body is exhausted. It's used during cough, um, but it's not, um, but placenta pills postpartum are not classic Chinese medicine. However, a lot of acupuncturists do recommend it and it's kind of a trend thing. Um, and so there's that little detail. And I think that's really important to like acknowledge that the, like the work of Sabina and, and kind of like this, like really clear understanding that it's kind of become a thing. And maybe it's just a thing in American Chinese medicine. I don't know. I don't know if people in, if folks practicing in China who have like a very different education than we have here, if they're doing placenta encapsulation, that would be interesting to explore. But, um, I think it might be a more like American trend, possibly. Um, and so there's that detail. And then there's also, she um, co-wrote a couple of articles with a nurse who worked in the Oakland area. And this nurse um, found that, that moms who took placenta pills, there were many of them who weren't able to establish a full milk supply. And, you know, it took babies like four to six weeks longer to regain their birth week. And this is, you know, regardless of whatever like lactation support they got or help they received, they really weren't able to begin or initiate breastfeeding in a way that we like to see. And a common kind of variable was placenta pills. And that has to do with the fact that placenta contains both estrogen and progesterone. And so these hormones, they interact with prolactin. Um, and so that may be why there's that issue. And then if you take it back to Chinese medicine, placenta is very warming. And so if a mom is already like really indeficient or she is, she has excess heat in her body, adding in more heat might produce anxiety, for example. Um, and I've heard tons of people who say, you know, they took their placenta pills and they just like couldn't stop crying 
and and they had the, like these bouts of like really extreme emotions and that is in line with a heat that's like kind of like harassing the heart from a TCM perspective and so these are like really interesting pieces of the puzzle so so I'm very cautious about placenta pills I don't think they're like the greatest thing ever um, I think they could work for for some people. I personally have like both. <laughs> I have two frozen placentas in my in my freezer right wow. now. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, and they're like they're they're old. You know, they're they're years old. I don't know what to do with them, but I have them. Um, yeah. So that's 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 the story on that. Just in case you ever need it. No, that's so interesting because I did research that, and it's it, it said exactly that that in Chinese medicine placenta was used, but not postpartum. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? It wasn't taken after giving birth. It was kind of used in other people, which I thought was really interesting. Um, But actually, yeah, I've heard that from people too, that got anxious after that. And it's the same kind of people who are like, not liking things like cordyceps um, that are kind of more of that high energy. And for me, I, I tend towards deficiency and that maybe that is why my acupuncturist thought it would be good. And I, I, you know, I don't know if that helped or not, but it really seemed like it did. So that's really interesting. But I feel very conflicted recommending something to people. And I tend to not like the pills where you're taking them for such a long period of time. Like when you said that, you know, you're not sure about like who to recommend placenta to because, you know, like there are trends, right? Like there are these like, like, flows that we see. So, okay. yeah. And the, the interesting thing, I mean, I had two home births so that I know that makes it easier to kind of save the placenta. Mm-hmm. And I had a doula here who cut it up and she was like fascinated. She's like, I've never got to touch one before. I've been to so many births and this is so interesting. I'm like, Oh, that works out. Cause I thought you'd think it was weird. And my midwife and her, her assistant were both like, Oh, that's way too much. And I, I, my doula told me that later. And I thought that was really funny. Cause it seems like I was like, Oh, crunchy home birth, like placenta eating. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know how much they're seeing that. But it did not have a taste. Uh, It was put in like a chocolate smoothie. And I thought maybe it would be like liver or something, which I I don't care for the taste of, but it didn't. So it's like, I'm almost tempted to say this worked really well for me, but not only do I, I feel like I don't know a lot about it, but also it seems not that accessible for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. My husband also didn't mind making, I, I I don't know. I think maybe if they were broken up and it was easy, maybe most husbands would be okay with that. But he was, uh, he brought me my smoothie in bed every morning with my placenta chunk. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, um, to say like across the board that like it would be good and accessibility like is another thing I, I was able to get, I had two hospital births, but somehow I was able to to take my placentas home. You know, it's all a blur when you have a baby. Who knows how it happens? But. Yeah, I know. And I'm kind of just like, well, you probably want it to be really fresh if you're going to eat it raw. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I want it refrigerated immediately. But yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. But I think I think that's helpful. Like what you said about the because I got so depleted after my first and that baby. could be why it was so helpful. Um, and I saw the same acupuncturist, and he was he was very insistent. 
Yeah, it could be that, you know, the, the first baby you had more, like you had just a stronger body going in um, with the first baby. And so, or maybe even a little bit of excess. And so maybe that's why the placenta didn't really help you. It kind of made you feel worse. And then with baby number two, possibly you were more deficient, more blood deficient, more yin deficient, more yang deficient. Um, and so it actually supplemented you in a way that was like really helpful, which takes it back to, you know, everybody's body is different. And so, you know, understanding where your body's at is important and, you know, not assuming that just because it's good for someone because doesn't, it doesn't mean it's going to be good for you too, or vice versa in terms of not working. So I guess from the, the original question, like vitamin A, do you recommend that women do things like liver postpartum or take an organ complex or anything like that? Or, or if you have a prenatal that has preformed vitamin yeah, A? Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I like the Seeking Health prenatal um, full circle is also really good. You know, and these are really high in preformed vitamin A. Um, I would just, I would take a prenatal. And I know that, you know, there's, there are some people that are very against like, um, you know, synthetic prenatals, um, but even like whole food prenatals, they have synthetic vitamins added to it um, a lot of the times, um, because that's how you get certain nutrients in there um, Mm. that are, you know, that will give you what your body needs. And so it's more important that the nutrients that you get are, your body can actually use them. What you don't want is a buildup of unusable um, nutrients. <clears throat> so I would take a really high quality, um, solid prenatal, um, and then I would keep taking it postpartum. Um, and then in terms of diet or food, um, I wouldn't also overdo it because you can really easily overdo vitamin A if you're taking an organ complex, if you're taking cod liver oil, if you're eating liver, and then your prenatal on top of it. So you got to look at all of that. And so like in my Instagram post, that's why I put like a little chart of preformed vitamin A requirements, because if you're taking beta carotene, that's going to be different than preformed A. Um And so you need to look at that and then you need to look at like what else you're eating and then kind of go from there. And the same applies to baby too. And so with cod liver oil for baby, you know, you could do like a quarter teaspoon of Rosita's, which is really high in preformed A. Um, And that is like really, that's at the, that's at the limit. Like that is like at baby's max daily. And so if you're doing that plus liver, plus organ complex or desiccated liver on, you know, that's, it's, it's probably too much. And not to mention the fact that baby's also getting it through breast milk. So, um, you know, the Nordic Naturals, um, DHA, it's made with cod liver oil. Um, and it has really low preformed A and it has added vitamin D. So you could do something like that, or you could just, you know, there's, there's many different ways so you just want to kind of look at what baby is doing, what you're doing, what your family's doing, and customize it and adjust it to to fit your family best. Yeah, I love that because I always start by asking, what are you eating? Because <laughs> you might not need choline if you're eating four eggs a day, but yeah. uh, not a lot of us are. <laughs> well, where else can people find you? 
Um, so megangarcia.com. And then also you can go to, um, you know, Instagram is probably where I'm most active. I have two groups on Facebook, um, like private groups um, for my first foods class and then for the Chinese herbs class. Um, and those, you know, I check in probably like once a week or so. Um, you can also email me. Um, I'm really friendly over email too. It's pretty much it. I thought that was such an amazing discussion. I learned so much. I just wanted to explain a couple base concepts to you guys uh, in case it went by too quick with the Chinese medicine terminology. So she talked about things like yin and yang. Yang is considered this more masculine daytime kind of energy where you're kind of going more, doing things. And yin energy is more... Uh, nighttime and feminine and soft and passive. And so somebody who is deficient in yang might be somebody who's more depressed, low energy, those kind of symptoms, like you're not moving around a lot versus somebody who is yin deficient might have anxiety and kind of be go, go, go. So what she was explaining is that um, somebody who has this yin deficiency, they might get even more anxious from taking the placenta because they don't need it versus somebody who is yang deficient or experiencing postpartum depression or just really depleted in nutrients postpartum, the placenta might be a better option for them. So that's actually really interesting. You can talk to your own Chinese medicine practitioner or your acupuncturist to get more information about what type you might be, but that's kind of a general guideline for who the placenta might be better suited for. So I had never thought about it in that way before, and I thought it was so interesting. So I... Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense why it worked well for me. I'm definitely uh, a yin, more of a yin person, like uh, just move at a little bit of a slower pace and tend towards depression and and inactivity. So um, you can find Megan at Megan three underscores Garcia, M-E-G-A-N-G-A-R-C-I-A on Instagram and you can find me on Instagram at michelletaggy.nutrition. You can find me on my website, michelletaggy.com. And you can email the podcast, nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com.